And we are back with another episode of the Hockey Princess Podcast. We have video again. We're not filming out of a car. It's amazing. I am your host, the Hockey Princess. We've got Krusty Old Guy once again. Um, Just as a reminder, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, however you watch or listen to us ramble on a weekly basis. Also, just as a reminder, please wait for the whistle. Do not get up while the puck's in play. The bathroom will still be there. The bad hot dogs will still be there. The overpriced beer will still be there. Um, Let's get into it. We've got World Juniors. It's the best time of the year. I mean, not really. The draft is the best time of the year. But we have World Juniors. Um, It's still very early. World Juniors started yesterday. But we've still got a little bit of news. Just as a reminder, the Blackhawks have six prospects that are in the World Juniors this year. Could be seven, but Canada decided to be stupid. Um, Our six are going to be, you've got Sam Renzel, Oliver Moore, and Gavin Hayes over for U.S. Then you've got Adam Guyon and Martin Misiak for Slovakia. And then you've got, oh gosh, I'm missing one, NASCAR. I can't believe I forgot NASCAR. Um, so those are our six. So if you're looking for Blackhawk prospects exclusively, it's just going to be the U.S. and Slovakia. Um U.S. defeated Norway already from 4-1. to one. A lot of highlights of Moore being super fast. Even though he was their 13th forward for that roster, he really didn't. Which means he was just kind of like an extra guy. Um, but he still looked good. Still looked good. Um, NASCAR got an assist off of Gavin Brindley, which makes sense. They both go to Michigan together. They've got a lot of chemistry playing on the ice already together. And U.S. is fortunate enough. You've got Brindley. You've got NASCAR. You've got, um, who's the other one? McGroarty. They're all from Michigan, um, which makes sense because Michigan's a bit of a powerhouse right now. Um, So a lot of guys that play for Michigan are going to be playing for World Juniors this year. Um, Some other guys that are on the Team USA team that, you know, they're not Blackhawk prospects, but I predict that they will do well. Um, And, you know, maybe they've already been signed or they're going to be coming up into the NHL rather quickly. Um, As I've just said before, McGroarty and Brindley are from Michigan. Brindley was drafted this past year to Columbus Blue Jackets with his buddy Adam Fantilli. He's still playing in Michigan, but give him time. He'll be up there. Um, McGrady's also been drafted. Snuggerund is typically playing on the first or the second line for USA right now. He is Oliver Moore's line mate um, when they go back to school in Minnesota. Uh, The two of them on the same line together in Minnesota is quite entertaining. Um, he's I hate to say that he is their powerhouse in Minnesota, but he's def, he's definitely one of the top guys that you notice on the ice for University of Minnesota. And then the other one, my personal favorite, which is the Montreal Canadiens prospect, Lane Hudson. Um, I thought he was amazing to watch. Is it called the Frozen Four? Or what's the, um, the Frozen Four? I thought he was highly entertaining in Frozen 4 last year. Um, Good for Montreal for having a solid defensive prospect in the pipeline because that's definitely been something that they have struggled with for a long time. 
uh, as most hockey teams do. Um, what else? What else with that game? Nothing with that game. Uh, other big one is Slovakia has now won two games so far. Uh, they beat the Czech 6-2, to two, and then they had a shutout against Switzerland. Adam Guyon was in net for both of these games. Impressive, incredibly impressive. Um, you know, yes, they're in World Juniors. Yes, they're small. Yes, it's a different scenario. A shutout is still a shutout in my books. It's still impressive. That's still 60 minutes. You're not letting anything in. Um, I definitely have liked what I've seen so far from Guyon. Um, I think the instincts are there. Of course, he's a baby. He's going to take a lot of time. But, you know, if Soderblom isn't it and it's Camesso that's going to be your new number one eventually down the line, I'm not saying anything crazy. Maybe maybe it's Camesso and Guyon. Maybe that is what it could be. Um, I'd be about it. It's, uh, it's possible. I, it's, it's hard to tell what you get from everybody. So it's, it's uh, goaltenders are even harder. So in five years, who knows what you are going to be looking at is again, as we've talked about here is you just don't know. You just don't know, but you want to see progress from everybody. Yeah. Uh, so how do you say his name? Guy on. Guy on. Uh, he's playing well again in the World Juniors. That's what you take. He's playing really well. And uh, he's also year, been just been playing this like well this year too. So yeah, so uh, that that's what you want. And uh, again, Camesso uh, and Guyan, uh, time. We want time. We want three, four years before they're up at the Hawks. So that's kind of the way it is. And the funny part. For the World Juniors, since we've been talking, the Canada score has gone from six nothing to nine nothing. Who are they playing? Against Latvia. Oh yeah. So That's fair. I found that pretty funny. That's so fair. So they're uh, they're piling it on, but uh, it is what it is. You know, you can't. It's not like you can just right take it easy. They don't do that in hockey. I'm and they don't sure do that in Canada. Hockey. The bottom group is getting more minutes, but still, it's a talented bottom group. So, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, go right ahead there. No, you you're guys. good. Um, back to Slovakia real quick, because I do want to talk about Canada in a second. Um, but for the first game when Slovakia beat the Czechs, Martin Misiak did not have a goal, but he did have a great assist. He logged in a little under 15 minutes of ice time, which I think is huge for a World Junior game. Um, just a game in itself, fifteen under fifteen, like a little bit under fifteen minutes is still pretty good. Um, and is I mean, I saw a clip of his assist. He's able to get through the the puck through two big guys, Hrabel and Hansik. They're not small dudes by any means, and he's able to meander through them and get it to his line mate. Um, so I just thought that was impressive. Um, but Canada. So we don't have any prospects for Team Canada this year. Big sad. Um, because Canada decided to be stupid and cut Paul Ludwinski, which I'm still not over. Um, but there are still some really big names on the Team Canada roster to note. Either they are, you know, going to be the number one overall draft pick this upcoming draft. They were drafted last year or they're just 
names that you want to keep an eye out for. First one, Macklin Celebrini, your number 17. He, w I can almost guarantee he will go number one this upcoming draft unless he decides to absolutely tank. And then they pick Cole Iserman instead. Um, but I think especially with the season Boston has had, I think it's pretty much just a slam dunk for Mac. Whoever wins the lottery wins Celebrini, um, which I'm kind of banking on it being San Jose just because we're not going to get it two years in a row. Um, no, but we'll have the best chance. We so will have the best chance. That. But as we learned last year, just because you're in last place doesn't mean that you automatically win the draft. Correct. Really, it truly true. means nothing. Vancouver was a lottery ball away from winning Connor Bedard. So really... Your places, they mean a little bit in terms of your chances, but at the end of the day, it really, it's, it's lottery balls. Um, other guys, Owen Beck is a huge component for Team Canada. Crusty old guy's favorite who got an assist against Finland. Uh, that is your Denton Matichuk. Uh, Easton Cowan, who... I know this past year when he got drafted to Toronto, everybody saw it was a bit of a reach. Um, I like what the kid's done so far this season. Um, who are my other ones? I'm going to butcher these two names, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> Look at it this way. You're definitely going to do better than me, so butcher away. Raykoff? R-E-H-K-O-P-F. He, he's another one. Um, Geeky's another one. And then... Poitras? P-O-I? Sure. We'll go. I'm sorry. This is like the one time where I'm butchering up the names. Not the one time, but I only do it occasionally. Those, I mean, while they're not going to be Chicago Blackhawks by any means, because there are going to be key components for whomever drafted them, they're still notable guys that, you know, have a lot of talent. Canada has consistently a lot of talent, basically every year going into World Juniors. Um, yeah, so that's World Juniors. It's very exciting. I'm excited for, you know, a couple of years down the line when Sweden and Finland get back to being just a little bit more competitive because I think the past couple of years it's just basically been the U.S. and Canada going at each other and everybody else is just there. Yes, well, uh, the, the Finns just lost today to Germany, so. Yes, I'm aware. So uh, definitely a downtime for the Finns. Um, we can uh, talk a little bit about Mishak if you'd like. Um, your Slovakian guy. Misiak? Yeah. Uh, um, basically, you know, for the Blackhawks, we've been looking at a, a lot of uh, draft picks and a lot of players that are like six feet or under. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen any kind of like big bodies. Mishak is, is at least 6'1". He's about 200 pounds already. He is another one who... A little bit bigger body that we'll be looking for to hopefully... There'll be spots for these kinds of players. The kid plays in front of the net. He'll be in net presence. He's got a little bite to his game. So uh, he'll be another fun one to watch again this year. Um, and as far as... Uh, you know, Team Canada, again, they're they're loaded. 
Um, as I've told you before, I enjoy why I'll enjoy watching the Owen Beckett play just because I tie him to Renzel. The Hawks uh, passed on back and went with uh, the project of Renzel. We'll be playing for Team USA. Um, so that'll be fun. Again, I have not seen any of it yet. Some of it's taped. <coughs> uh, we'll see. But yeah, the big games will be, you know, Canada, USA, Canada, Sweden. Those are your top three teams, the Swedes and the U.S. and Canada. Um, there'll be some beating up on the lower teams a little bit, and then uh, the fun stuff should start. I will say, uh, out of out of Finland, um, and I know they just lost twice, but um, Finland's got a goalie. He's a, signed by the Seattle Kraken. His name is Coco. I I liked what I saw so far. I know, like we've said with Guyon, you know, goalies are projects. Goalies are, you're not thinking a year or two down the line, but I just liked what I what I saw, and so I will just be keeping a little eye on him. And, you know, it's a fin, so I'm going to love him. I hear you. I guess <laughs> you, are, you are a fin lover. That, that, that's uh, definite. And, again, they're going to have a, a tough path to the medal round. I will say, um, though, um, sorry, I keep forgetting things. One of the big things, though, is that they've – so there is a – draft pick that's projected to go I'd say like top 10 crusty old guy and I argue based on what lists we're looking at um, by the name of Aaron Kiviharyu who was cut from the world junior Canadian team or not Canadian Finland team and I still don't understand why um, I think he would he's 17 now he'll turn 18 in like a week or two um, but it's wild to me because they're losing right now. So maybe Finland could have used Kiviaru. Um, It's possible, but um, it's the way most of these junior uh, teams play out. Um, the U.S. did the same thing. Um, you look at the number, uh, the basically the number two pick that they're figuring in the draft. Yeah, Eisenman. He did not make Team USA. Um, basically because they like their 19-year-olds. You know, it's an under-20 program. There's not a lot of 17-year-olds. You know, like we used to talk about how Kane, you know, you see all these people like the Beacon of Hope come in and play right away. It doesn't happen a lot. it doesn't. There's also not a lot of people like the Beacon of Hope that come in as a 17-year-old and play on a world junior team. Right. So that's that. I would assume that is the main reason. I just knew it was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, they'll both be there next year, and they also have the year after that to be there. Um, so that's the other thing. These teams are also set up where where they want the older kids. They're just a little bit more mature. They're bigger. Of course, some of your high end talent might make it. But for the most part, they're going to go with the older kids. And, and that's basically all that is with him. It doesn't mean he's got no game. Um, the other guy from the U.S. doesn't mean he has no game. Right. It's just you're looking for the best way to put everything together. Team USA is loaded. Yeah. And they have a lot of people that have played together. 
um, either through the um, developmental program, which is your Lepard and your other guys all on one line. You've got a bunch of guys who play in Michigan. Yeah. Who are all playing together. So it's just, you know, it wasn't in the cards for the uh, the guy who's they're figuring to go number two. It doesn't mean that they're going to be a bust. It's all worthless. This is still like anything else. It's age appropriate. <coughs> There's a big difference in a hockey player at the age of 19 than 17. Oh gosh, yes. Um, they're just physically they have more together and you know as this tournament goes on once you get to the metal round it's some serious fun ass hockey and um it's a little much for a 17 year old so to answer your little part about that that's that's the main reason fair enough it's it's an age thing but yes i'm sure they could use them or maybe there's a possibility if he was out there they'd lose by even more so i don't know i mean because there's there's plenty of guys for team finland that are going to be eligible but okay i do have a question for you crusty old guy so there's a bunch on the roster for team finland that are 2024 nhl draft eligible but then it says overager next to their name yes what does that mean that means this isn't their first time being draft eligible okay that means they were in the draft at 17, nobody drafted them. They were in the draft at 18, nobody drafted them. So wouldn't you want the kid that's projected to go in the top 10? On your World Junior team? Not necessarily, because, again, these kids are just more physically developed. They also play together more. Fair enough. So, it, I just want justice for the kid. To explain about how important it is to Canada, it's also a big deal to Finland. It's a big deal to Sweden. Yeah. To Sweden, it's it's a big tournament for everybody. So there's a lot of things that go into it, and flat out skill. If you're also worried it might not project in this tournament, you're going to be a little worried about it. Again, with two losses, it doesn't seem like it's going well. But again, with the Finns. You never completely count the fins out either. No, no. I think, I think, and like you said, that Iserman's also, but it it makes more sense to me that Iserman wouldn't be on the roster because, yes, you've got USA is stacked with all of these kids who have played together and have the maturity. And it just seems like, but maybe just because I'm way more familiar with the U.S. roster than I am for Finland's, um, but it just seems like the finish is not as stacked. So, you know, if you're not as stacked, go with the kid who's predicted to go in the top 10. But we're going to move on from the World Juniors. Um, we yeah. have Yes, because we have a WHL trade um, between the Se- Seattle Thunderbirds and the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, happened about an hour ago. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings acquire Grayson Sachin, who was drafted by, I believe, the Florida Panthers this past draft. Um, his brother, Lucas Sachin, and Trace and Ashley. Seattle Thunderbirds acquire seven draft picks over the next three years. Only two of the draft picks are conditional. We've got a couple from 2024, 25, and 27 for draft. Um, this is huge for Seattle because, you know, as we explained when Adam was on the show a couple of months ago, you know, kids do age out of 
the Canadian Hockey League, the CHL, rather quickly. Teams can only have a couple of guys at that 2021 age bracket. Aside from that, they've got to be younger. Kids are moving out very quickly. A lot of the key components for Seattle and what made them have such a deep run to the Calder last year, they're now playing in Rockford or other teams, minor league, or they're up in the NHL. Seattle needs more kids. They need to go, you know, they're in a little bit of a WHL rebuild in terms of they need to start acquiring more draft picks instead of players because a lot of their kids are getting older and moving on to the next step of their hockey career. Um, So this is going to be huge for Seattle. And yeah, um, yeah, the best way you explained it perfectly to your viewers, um, this is the way things are done up in juniors. Um, you have times when you're going to make a run and you go out and get personnel. Right. I believe Seattle got, was it Ellen and Doc? Yes. Last year? Yeah. And uh, they had to give up some good assets. There's, there's a lot of players being moved for a ton of draft picks. That is normal yeah. in world in the juniors. Um, again, another thing that your Chicago Blackhawks had thought about with Kevin Korchinski. Because if they send him back and the team isn't that good, you know, you want you want Core to be working more on his D, maybe get some penalty kill, this or that. There would have been a good chance that he would have just been moved. Mm-hmm. And traded someplace else, and would have that been the best thing for him? Yeah, probably not. You know, you want familiarity. So it was another decision that went, another thought that went into the decision yeah. of keeping him up. But um, yeah, this is when teams smell that they can make a deep run in juniors. They're going to do they it. Give up an awful lot. Because um, that's that's the name of the game. The name of the game is to either win your league, Memorial Cup, and hopefully you know win that too. But um, so that's just my other little take on it. Is is that's just another reason why uh, Kevin didn't go down. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, hopping over to Rockford for a little bit. Rockford, we just have one game to talk about. Rockford wins it in overtime against the San Diego Gulls. Uh, we've got Jackson Cates, Boris Kachuk, and David Gust with the goals. Drew Camesso is in net. Um, I know Krusty Old Guy is sick of me beating the dead horse. That is this joke that I was right. Um, but I just need to explain it for our viewers. Um, Nolan Allen and Ethan DeMastro have not been playing on their non-dominant side. They are left-handed defensemen. They've been playing on the left side. Um, You know how I know this? Because there's only one other defenseman that is a left-handed defenseman. Everybody else is a righty. Um, Everybody else was picked or uh, signed over the summer. You've got your Parat, your Strand, your um, Maniscalco. They are all right-handed defensemen. I'm going to give a shout-out to Kyle for going out and finding right-handed defensemen so Nolan Allen and Ethan DeMastro can be playing on their dominant side. They've been playing on their dominant side. There's no reason for them to be playing on their non-dominant side, which is why. 
do my little soapbox that I would really like the Chicago Blackhawks to be drafting Artisium Lushuno this upcoming draft um, because he's a right-handed defenseman and he's a big boy. You know how many right-handed defensemen we have in the pipeline? One by the name of Sam Renzel. And I like Sam, but as we've said before, Sam is a bit of a project. Otherwise, you really don't have one. So let's get the big right-handed defenseman. Um, that is all. That I just needed to explain it for the joke that I was right. Um, Rockford does play the Grand Rapids Griffins tonight at 7. Um, we'll not be able to watch it until probably the wee hours of tonight or tomorrow morning because Blackhawks play Winnipeg tonight. Alex Vlasic is back on the roster. Thank goodness. Um, really don't like watching games where he's not a part of it. Um, and we're not going to talk about the Blackhawks this week, actually. Um, they can go sit and time out a little bit longer. I hope that they thought over Christmas how bad of a job they did in St. Louis. I'm not even going to pinpoint anybody in particular. It was all bad. From Luke down to the third pairing of the defensemen. It was all bad. It was all a joke. The third period was a joke. And I want them to sit in the corner and think about what they did. My corner? I guess there's four corners. There could be a different corner. They, there could okay. be a different corner. They've got three other ones to pick from. Okay. I'll give you that. They've, they've got other corners. Um, and I want all of them to, because your corner is reserved for Jamie Faulkner. The rest of them can go to the three well, other corners. The whole rest of the team's in my corner, too, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I hated it. Um, it was so bad. Anyway, moving on, because I'm... We're just going to move on? Yeah, because I don't want to talk about it. You play this bad, I'm not even going to critique your badness. But they beat Colorado. Yeah. Did nothing still? There was the next game. You should focus on the next game. You lost when you were up 5-2 to two in St. Louis playing against Jordan Bennington. You gave Jordan Bennington a win in regulation. You need to sit for a week on that. Obviously, these closed-door meetings, these Boy Scout meetings being led by Nick Felino, aren't really doing anything. They're a joke. I got you to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, uh, I, I, I could Am I wrong? For 30 minutes. We're passing it. They but, don't get to be talked about. That's their punishment. Yeah. Whatever kind of parenting you need to do with this team. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, We're going to talk about the entire rest of the NHL instead. Well, not really. We're going to talk about the Western Conference. Um, so Krusty Old Guy and I made our predictions about the Central Division and the Pacific Division over the summer. We're going to use this time um, to kind of, you know, how wrong were we, how right were we um, with the next, you know, half hour that we have. Um, so let's do our... Me complaining about how bad the Blackhawks are. Now we're going to complain about how bad my predictions are? Yeah. I don't like that. I'd rather complain about somebody else. Uh, your predictions were a little bit better than mine. So. Hooray for me. Hooray for you. Um, you know, at the bottom. So these are the actual standings for right now. 
Dallas is at number one, followed by Colorado, followed by Winnipeg, followed by Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Minnesota, and then, rightfully so, the Chicago Blackhawks at the bottom. Um, we'll go with our predictions collectively. Uh, collectively, we had Arizona at the bottom. I think most of the NHL has been certainly surprised by Arizona's performance this past, or like so far this season. Um, good for them. You know, they've been in a real, real struggle drought, whatever bad word you want to attach to a season, they've had it for the past couple of years. So good for Arizona for not being last place for once. Yeah, well, there's um, there's still time to be second to last place. Um, Arizona has got 36 points. Minnesota has 34. So they're really... They're really, they're very close to second to last also. They've had a good start to the season, though. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for Arizona, basically they're a good home team, and on the road there's a lot of struggles. So they really like playing in that tiny building. We'll see if that lasts for them. Yeah. Um, second to last, we had collectively Chicago, maybe at by the end of the season, you know. They'll be second. Not going to happen. Probably there not. There's no way we get out of last place. Not going to happen. They are already. Watch the. Look at this. They are already 13 points behind Minnesota, who's in seventh. Minnesota is only 10 points behind the number, the top ranked team in the conference. That tells you exactly how massive that gap is. Um. This is yeah, we're. We're awful. So awful. Um, Yes. So awful. Next up, in terms of accurate predictions, is number six is St. Louis. Or what? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. The actual number seven, so we guessed Chicago. The actual number seven right now is Minnesota, which is I'm going to do my I was wrong um, because I had Minnesota at two because I loved watching them in the playoffs last year. They have really wet the bed, and I'm sad. Um, I like watch. I like when Minnesota's good. Yeah, and again, it's early or what? We had that. We're not at the halfway point. Not even close to it. We should be. We play eighty something games, right? Yeah. So we're we're at about these two fifths of the way through. How's that? I love my fractions. Um, but Minnesota fired their coach. Yep. They've been playing better. Um, simple thing with Minnesota. Their goaltending was crap. And that's the weird thing is I don't see what, how a goaltending change, uh, coaching change, all of a sudden your goaltenders start playing better. It doesn't happen. I don't think that's all on the coach. But um, either way, again, they have a chance to move up, but they've got a lot of ground to cover. I hope for sure. I hope they do, just because I like when Minnesota's good. I like, and this is just overall for the NHL, I like when the fan bases that have been there for a while the fan bases that are you know very very serious not just the city that they're in but the whole area when they're good um 
Like, I like when Minnesota's good. I like when Boston's good. I like when, you know, Toronto, I mean, Toronto's been mediocre my entire life. But I like when the cities who, you know, they have a history of not only, like, caring about the NHL team, but they, you know, Minnesota's got colleges that are serious into hockey. Like, the entire community around the NHL team <clears throat> is also just very hockey-centered. I like when they're good. Yeah, and um, uh, Minnesota's figured out one thing at least. Um, they have a young kid playing D, Brock Faber, who is out of this world, and he is a right-handed defenseman. It's all about right-handed defenseman. Um, but I will so, say, you know, for the I will say for the people that saying that Brock Faber is, you know, the rightful owner of this year's. Uh, oh gosh. Older? Yeah, it you're he's not. It's ours. Quit dreaming. Yes, the, it's Connor's. Speaking, but uh, Faber is a a phenomenal young talent. I don't know how they they're almost a little bit like Nashville. They might even be bypassing Nashville. I don't know how they get this unbelievable defensive talent, but they've got another real good one again. So, yeah. um, all right, and then six. I had St. Louis. Um, I think you you had Nashville, but then also claimed on the podcast that Nashville, if Nashville got it together, they could seriously jump teams. Um, right now, St. Louis is sitting at sixth. Um, I had great enjoyment when the St. Louis fans were booing Cairo, um, as they should. Um, you know, when your players are not playing to their potential and you've been paying them a stupid amount of money for not doing well, yeah, let them know that you're upset. Just because they're an all-star and they get paid a lot of money doesn't mean that they get to, you know, get off the hook in terms of, I really don't need to play like 100% all the time. That's some Trevor Zegers mentality. Um, I don't like it. Uh... You know, St. Louis did have a coaching change. We'll see how that goes for the rest of the season as well. Um, any comments on St. Louis? Again, they're, uh, they're, they're, we, we, when we talked about this, now that I'm starting to remember all of it, it's starting to come back to me. It's coming back to you. You know, there's that whole group that was all lumped together between yeah. Nashville, St. Louis, and Minnesota. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. It was Nashville. It was, it was Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg because we both yes. had Minnesota in the top three. Um, and only one of those teams has has made it outside the pack. Um, St. Louis is an okay team. They're not great. They don't, they don't have anything great. They've got the Cairo and Thomas who are being paid a lot of money. They've got problems because their cap. They have a cap problem, too, and a bunch of defensemen that are aging that they can't trade because of all their no-trade clauses. Uh, besides that, this is where we figured they'd be, so, yeah, you know. All right. Um, five, I had Nashville. You had Winnipeg. Five is where Arizona is sitting currently. Um, like we said, good on Arizona for not being dead last. Um and both of the ones that we had for number five are ahead of the number five slot. 
So, yeah. Uh, we already talked about Arizona, right? Exactly. So. Um, sitting at the actual number four is going to be Nashville. I had Winnipeg, and you had St. Louis. Um, you know, I not have nothing nice to say about that team. So I have no comment about Nashville sitting fourth and we are sitting eighth. I can't wait for the day when that is in reverse. I physically think I will be sick if I have to say something nice about the Predators. They're playing well. Uh, they play well every game. Um, they give What's that like? Yes, they give themselves a chance to win every game. Something we have no idea about. So, again, yeah, I, I hate the Fang people, but, um, you know, I'll give them some props. Saros is a very good goaltender. As I've told you many a times, I am a huge Philip Forsberg fan. Huge. Um, he's a player that delivers. He's always delivered. Just hasn't never had a lot of talent around him. But, again, can they make a push for a playoff? Gosh, I hope not. Where they're playing, it's possible to get the second spot. Sure, second wild card. But um, you know, that's all I'll say about Nashville. I think my only exception for Nashville is Ryan O'Reilly. Well, yes, we're <laughs> both huge fans of O'Reilly. <laughs> like, no matter what team, like, I hate that he's in Nashville right now, but he is just a hell of a hockey player, um, regardless yes. of what team that he's on. Um, but all right. So number three on the actual standings is Winnipeg. I had Dallas. You had Minnesota. You know, good for Winnipeg doing this well. I don't think I know if there were people that predicted Winnipeg to be that high. I don't I think they were the few at the beginning of the season. I certainly didn't have them pegged to be that high. I don't think a ton of people really did. Um, but good for them because I know they've been having issues the past couple of years not crazy issues not like calgary where everybody's trying to get them to or like everybody wants to leave but i know winnipeg's been having issues so good for them for doing well yeah they um you know their top two players were supposed to be going to be traded weren't going to be signed won't they went out and signed them said we're committed to you guys we're committed to the rest of the group um their trade with the L.A. Kings has proven to be very good for them. Mm -hmm. um, players that came from L.A. are fitting in nicely. They have a ton of talent that just never seems to get over the hump. But they've also got a incredible goaltender. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good on them. They've played really well. They've been a tough out for anybody. Um, in the division, they have the best Goals against differential of 27. That's better than Colorado. That's better than anybody. And they really, there haven't been many games where they've been completely out of. So um, Winnipeg will be a tough team, I think, for the rest of the year. I didn't see that. I thought people would be traded off, and I thought they were done. They were starting their crash yeah. landing. Not the case. No, not the case. Good for them. Um, top two. Not a surprise. Crusty old guy was right, but in reverse. Um, more right than me. Um, second, you have your Colorado. Um, I had Minnesota. You had Dallas. I think this makes sense just with the injuries that Colorado's had. Um, also with 
like we mentioned a little bit after the Colorado game, I think in the podcast as well as just when we were at the game, McKinnon's got to be hurting. Something's got to be not 100%. Were we wrong? Were we wrong? Yeah, I was corrected on that. Um, I go to uh, one site where I talk to other hockey, Blackhawk people and everything, and that was also pointed out to me that was their third game in four nights. Okay. So you might have just had a little bit of a tired McKinnon. And um, basically what I mean by that, usually when I watch Nathan McKinnon live, he is end-to-end. Yeah. He is he's busting ass to get back defensively. He's a good one to watch. Offensively. I just saw uh, the busting ass offensively at the game we were at. Playing three games in four nights and with the travel, I'm gonna I'm gonna scale back that the, he might be hurt. He might have just been tired and was picking in his spots, figuring he could do that against the Hawks. So that makes there's sense. That possibility. I do, you um, know I do hope for Colorado just because when you know we're out. You know, when it's like mid-April and we're done. Um, I do like watching Colorado play in the playoffs, so I hope for Colorado's sake and the fans' sake, I hope McKinnon's not hurt. He's a heck of a hockey player to watch. Um, And, you know, they've got, like us, they've got enough issues on the injured reserve right now that they really don't need to add another one of their key players to the IR list. So, I hope that he was just tired. Yes, and um, I mean, Colorado's also had games, I mean, back when they were not rested, when they were rested, at the beginning of their three games and four nights, they played Winnipeg, and Winnipeg beat the holy heck out of them, yeah. six to two. So, they're a, they're a team that can mask any of their problems if Kale McCarr is in the lineup. If Kale McCarr is not in the lineup, things become a little different. He's he's just that much of a difference maker. Um, so, but again, they're still one of the better teams. Yeah. They're tough. They're goaltending. I you know I got their goaltender, and I think one or two of my fantasy teams, and he has not been a good ride for me. Um, next, we've got in the actual standings, Dallas. We both had Colorado. Um, I'm not surprised by this. Um, Because I think when we were also filming, you know, I think I wanted to see Minnesota be ahead of Dallas just because I like Minnesota. But Dallas is also just a stacked roster, so it makes sense. Um, They're doing well. Good for them. Yeah, they're um, they're talented. They're they're three lines deep. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long their goaltender is out. I know he's hurt. I don't know how long he's. He's out four, so that'll make a little bit of a difference. But again, they're one of those teams like Colorado. You don't really care. Yeah. Have him healthy come playoff time. That's what matters. Make your one playoff ad that you're going to make and see where everything goes. So, um, yeah, they're they're a darn good ball club. So, um, all right, we're going to go through Pacific a little bit quickly. Um, okay, a little bit quickly. <laughs> I won't talk as much. That's what, you can go out and just say that. Say, hey, Krusty guy, quit your babbling. It's uh, my show. All right. So, Bottoms, we were correct in this one. We were universally across the board correct that San Jose was going to be last. 
Um, they will probably get Mac uh, in the lottery, maybe. Um, San Jose we had last. Both of us had Vancouver second to last. You know, that was completely wrong. Um, I think Vancouver gave just a giant middle finger to all of their haters so far this season. And they're like, we can do this. Um, they are, everybody's playing great. Demko's playing great. Hughes is playing great. Pedersen's, it's just, I don't, they're not even as deep in terms of like star players compared to other people, other teams in the NHL. Like I always said, Dallas is three lines deep, but they're making it work. Everybody's giving, it's all about the effort with Vancouver. They're not a lineup of star studded players, but they're all playing 110%. And this is why on the Hockey Princess podcast, it's the effort that counts. Um, because Vancouver's killing it. Yeah, and also they have one of the best 200-foot centers in the game who doesn't get nearly as much love, and that's JT Miller. JT Miller does it frigging all, all the time. Yeah. Um, and Brock Besser is playing really well, and they've also got Philip uh, Hornick, who they re- received at the end of last year from Detroit. For a second rounder who's playing unbelievably well with you. Yeah, that was a nice uh, um, pick. He's in a contract year. He's an RFA. He is going to get a good payday out of this. As he should. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. Um, but they're a darn good ball club, and again, they've got darn good goaltending. So yeah, that's as always the theme. Sorry, I didn't mean nope, to talk. No, you're so much. good. Um, the actual second-to-last place team is Anaheim. That does not surprise us because, um, you know, I mean, Anaheim's still Anaheim at the end of the day. They also had Zegras, and I believe Drysdale was out for a little bit as well. Right? I know Zegras yes. was hurt for a while. Um, so, right. you know, they had some injury issues. And, you know, at the end of the day, Anaheim's got some new pieces to make the game a little bit more fun, but Anaheim's still Anaheim. Um, exactly. It's going to be a bit, like with us, um, it's going to be a minute. Uh, it's going to be a minute. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to, to make that crawl back up. And as we'll continue to tell your listeners, the thing is, is in a rebuild or anything else, as you start to add pieces, you got to remember, everybody else in the league is still adding pieces also. Yeah. You're not so jumping not, ahead of yeah. anybody, really. No. Um, third to last, um, which was also, I think, a surprise. Um, so number six in the Pacific right now is Edmonton. I had Anaheim and you had Calgary. Uh, Edmonton wet the bed quite a bit. They shipped off one of their goaltenders to Siberia. Um, and they were struggling for a little bit. Went on a little bit of a tear recently, but they just had a real, real bad start to the beginning of the season. Um, I mean, I don't think, I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know exactly how they have Jack Campbell that I don't know. That's somebody whose contract is so awful, I don't even know if we take him. Yeah. If the first round draft picks give it up. So they've got a big problem with that. And again, that's a warning to the whole league. You don't take flyers on that guy who plays one good year. Nope. And think, oh my gosh. Nope. Especially anybody can play one good year in some form of a system. So Right. 
But um, um, I they'll correct it enough to make the playoffs. They'll correct it enough to make the playoffs. But as we talked about the Colorado and during the Colorado game, you know, you have McDavid, you have Drysaito. That is incredible, unbelievable. You need more than that. They're gonna yes, get you. They're gonna get you. You know, pretty far. They're gonna get you into the playoffs comfortably. You need more to make that final push. You need more to have that edge over everybody else. Because guess what? Everybody else has just, they might not have the talent level of players to McDavid and Dreisaitl's level, but they've, they're three lines deep, or they're at least two lines deep. Or, you know, they've got a goaltender that isn't just wildly inconsistent. You need more. Um, next, in the actual standings, is Seattle. I had Calgary, you had Anaheim. Um, I'm not completely surprised by this. I think it was a little bit of a wish just based off of what Seattle did in the playoffs last year that I wanted them to do very well. I was like, this is it. They're going to be great. Um, You know, they're not last. I know that they have been struggling a bit. Um, But I, I I think they're okay for the time being. They're, they're still new, they're young, and, um, you know, they, they don't have a lot of top-end talent. No. So, um, but, you know, they occasionally play the right, right way, so, you know, they're going to they're gonna be hard on teams, and so they're probably at where they're going to be, a 500 team, maybe a little more. Right. Um, for the actual standings is Calgary, I had Los Angeles, and you had... Seattle and Los Angeles at three and four, and then said that they could easily be flipped. Um, good on Calgary. I did not expect this. Um, I think I put them, I know I put them as five, and that was kind of like just because everybody else below them was really bad, but I didn't think they could actually do well. So good for Calgary, you know. I mean, they've got everybody's trying to jump ship. You got Zadorov making a big deal of get me out of there, and it's funny because you think Zadorov actually has enough credit to like ask for something like that. Um, you got a lot of people looking at like what is wrong with this team, and they're not doing awful. No, they're not. <laughs> I, I still have a feeling they're going to they're going to make a nosedive. You think they flip with Seattle prediction. and then Seattle gets locked into the playoffs? Um, I just think they're going to know. I I think if I'm Calgary's management, I look at that team and say, this is not a cup contender. No. So I have assets that I don't think I'm going to sign. You need to get something for them. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Interesting. So it'll be more that management is going to need to get something for these players, but... That's it. Fair enough. Um, actual standings for number three is Los Angeles. I had Seattle, and then you had Seattle and L.A. either or for three or four. Good for Los Angeles. I think they've been kind of middle of the pack in terms of the Pacific Division the past couple of years. Not like complete middle of the pack, but they've definitely, you know, they haven't taken a complete nosedive, but they haven't been, you know, in the contention for first in the division either. Um happy to see it you know i'm a big fan of teams who have not been doing the best for a while just all of a sudden they do well just for the chaos of it 
Yeah, and um, there's a big gap in between the top three in the Pacific and everybody else. Yep. And uh, L.A. is where it starts. Quentin Byfield is uh, starting to show some promise also. Um, They're a team that has always looked like, you know, the end of a wild card. You figure they were going to make it in with enough talent, but just couldn't make the rest of the push. We'll see how they do. Um, They'll definitely be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Top two, we'll do real quick, just because we kind of already talked about them. Second in the actual standings is Vegas. First is Vancouver. We figured Vegas was going to be high. Um, I think we just had them at number one because we didn't assume Vancouver was going to do as great as they have been. Um, It's still Vegas. They're still, like, they're comfortably going to the playoffs. Um, I think... They're just, they're just solid right now. I think maybe, you know, more so into the playoffs, you'll see their, like, weaknesses because no team is perfect. But they're doing well so far. Yeah, no, they're um, they're as solid as anybody in the league. Um, they're deep. They're skilled. They're nasty. They're fast. They got it all. And they have goaltenders that aren't household names yeah. that seem to be playing just fine yeah. in their system. So... Um, that's a team that ain't going away. Um, they'll make some noise come playoff time. Heck yeah, we love to see it. Um, all right, so we are nearing the end of our episode. Um, I also forgot to mention this, even though I think I watched the video about 500 times this past week. I cried a little bit, I hate to admit. Um, that, you know, it wasn't an official hatricane, but it was in my book. Um, the announcers that, you know, were doing the play-by-play for Patrick Kane's first shootout goal were doing his first one for as a, wed- as a Red Wing. Um, so there were a lot of people making the edits of the two videos together. I teared up a little bit, probably a lot, um, because I miss him a lot. I hate Kyle Davidson. Um, also, to all of the haters that doesn't that don't believe that Patrick Kane can come back from this that Kaner's washed up he's done watch him he's still doing it he's still doing it if there's anybody that could come back from this surgery it's him um because he doesn't like you know people putting expectations on him saying you can't do this you can't do that he's gonna turn around and he's gonna say watch me do it I am Patrick Kane for a reason um, and I'm also very happy because I bought my Patrick Kane homecoming ticket this morning, which means I will be there for warm-ups with a thank you, Kaner, come February 25th. I'm very excited. Um, so, and also, just as a reminder, make sure to wait for the whistle. Do not get up while the puck's in play. Um, the beer will still be there. The bathroom will still be there. The bad hot dog will still be there. Do you have any last things before we wrap up? I hope everybody had a happy holiday mm-hmm. and a uh, happy new year to everybody. If we don't, we don't do it before new year. Stay safe. That's it. Yep. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe on either Spotify, Apple podcasts or YouTube. However you watch or listen to us ramble on a weekly basis. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to be on an episode of the podcast, 
feel free to send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or you can email us at thehockeyprincess at gmail.com. Have a happy new year, and we will see you guys and hear from you guys next time.